This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back 30. Oh, yeah! All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and Sports Illustrated Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Galatson. We're not in the, the greatest of moods tonight, and I mean... I'm sure that goes for pretty much all of of Mavs Nation out there. You know, uh, Mavs suffered their worst loss of the season, and it's not even close uh, to the New York Knicks, who came into this game one and seven. Uh, you know, just one of the one of the worst teams in the league so far. Uh, they didn't have Dennis Smith Jr. They didn't have uh, Alfred Payton. They didn't have Mitchell Robinson in this game, but Marcus Morris Sr. went off for 29 points, nine rebounds. The Knicks shot 50% from three for the game. Uh, they out rebounded the Mavs 56 to 47. It was just, it was one of those games where every time the Mavs started to get something going, they just couldn't get over the hump. You know, there were, there was a point where the Mavs were up 90 to 87, and so that means they got uh, outscored 19 to 12 over the last you know three minutes of the game or so. So it was it was bad all around. Uh, it doesn't doesn't make you feel good at all. Uh, even you know coming off of that Orlando one point win on Wednesday, we weren't feeling too great about that and. I mean, it's early season, and we don't want to overreact too much, but it's just a fact that it was a bad loss, Matt. Yeah, um, I mean, why aren't we sitting here like Dennis Smith and Mitchell Robinson and who'd you, who else you say, Alfred Payton? Yeah. I mean, like, like those are big, huge losses that that nobody can that you know would have made a huge difference in this game well the mitchell i mean the mitchell mavericks, robinson was in my opinion because but even if even if all three of them were playing the mavericks should have won by 20 points well not according to you even with all <laughs> well even with well uh, even with all of them playing you know the mavericks are still the better team yeah but for whatever reason when they play shitty bo- i mean they're a bottom five team in the nba when they play shitty teams They've been playing down to their competition. 
and the majority of that blame falls on Rick Carlisle. Yeah. This team has no this team has no lineup consistency. You know, uh, Jalen Brunson's playing 16 minutes here. He's starting two games ago or whatever it was, and now he, now he's playing 16 minutes. Justin Jackson's playing eight minutes. Seth Curry, the best shooter on the team by far, is playing 13 minutes. You you claim that you're going to be hands off with everything, which is fine, but then when a team actually needs a coach in the far in the bottom, you know, 30 seconds of the game, when you get a rebound off of a missed free throw and you have a chance to tie the game. I get that it's Luka Doncic, but you can't take a step back three from midcourt with 20 seconds left on the clock and expect that to go in. I mean, that's a bad shot. That's a horrible shot. And that's why they're losing these games is because they're losing this game and and coming up, you know, just high enough in these other games to to win, like against Orlando and against Washington. And, 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 you know, they pulled away against Cleveland is it's consistent – Bad decision making. It's consistent sloppy play, and that all falls on Rick. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm not blaming. Look, that was a bad shot by Luca at the end. But I mean, I, I'm not blaming. I'm not putting this loss on him. Like you said, it has to fall on Rick. Uh, I mean, I 100. percent I don't. Here, the thing is, with me, I don't understand. I'm wondering why he hasn't chosen to experiment with Luca. Uh, with Luca, Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, KP, and Dwight Powell, or Maxi, Dwight Powell or Maxi, but you know one of those starting five line. I I don't know why he hasn't he hasn't tried that out yet. Um, it's not because he has to start his guys. He always has to start his guys. And see, what's frustrating to me is he kind of said before the season that you know the lineups would be like this and they'd change they might change from game to game you can't build consistency that way though I mean you you have to have some form of consistency and maybe the Mavs roster just isn't good enough to where they can have a set lineup from night to night but my thinking is players like DeLon Wright and Seth Curry those aren't matchup guys to me those those two guys are just good players so I don't think you know their their playing time should be determined by, you know which team the Mavs are playing on a certain night. I think they should be playing regardless. And to me, it just kind of feels like I, I don't I don't know. It's like the the Knicks have so many big guys, so uh, Rick decided to you know go away from some of his smaller guys. I mean, I I really don't know what the thinking is behind it. But it is really frustrating, and I'm sure he'll take you know responsibility for it, just like he has in the past. But I just don't know what taking responsibility for it does if you're not willing to change, you know what what you're doing. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it doesn't do anything to fix it <laughs> at whatsoever. And I mean, like I said at the beginning, I don't I don't want to harp on it too much. And people listening, I mean, you have to understand this is. You know, we had some people say we were too harsh after that Orlando win, but I mean, obviously wa- not. <laughs> I mean, you know, Matt he he said on the last pod that he was very concerned coming into this Knicks game, given how the Mavs played against Orlando, and as it turned out, I mean, he he was right about that. And uh, I mean, we we don't want to overreact too much because again, it's it's the eighth game into the season. These guys are still trying to, you know, build some chemistry playing together and everything. But uh, 
like we've talked about so far in this one, I mean that that starts with Rick. He he's got a uh, he's got to do something something different, and he's he's got to stick with it. And I mean, I don't know that you know they had they had a stretch of games where they were playing really really good, starting with that uh, that Denver game, and then it went in, they played well against the Lakers, and uh, they had a really good stretch of games there where they had the same starting lineup for what three four games and i I don't think i don't think that's a coincidence even though it's not our preferred starting lineup so i don't know that it's frustrating i don't know what else to say about it i mean uh carlisle has a has a tendency to uh to be hard-headed but i'm not gonna say that i know more than him because i obviously don't he knows what he's doing he's a good coach he's just hard-headed sometimes and i mean i i I still have faith that he's going to figure it out. You know, he's going to he's going to do what he needs to do, but it's just frustrating right now, especially since it's the Knicks and you know, given their record and it was KP's first game uh versus his old team. It it's just a lot of emotions at once and it it was just a really really bad loss. But you know, well, just looking past the the loss itself and just looking at the at the uh, box score there, the Mavs bench, which has been, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons for a bad loss, and one of those reasons is the Mavs bench just didn't have it tonight. Uh, they had been saving the starters' slow starts all season long, but tonight, I mean, they just they just didn't have it. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr., he had the most points off the bench with 14, but he was 5 of 15, took a lot of bad shots. Uh, Kleba had eight and five, but you know Brunson he he was only one of four had three points. Uh, Delon Wright, Dw- Dwight Powell had one shot. He took one field goal attempt. Yeah, and like we were talking about before we jumped on here, I think, I mean, obviously that that ha- that can't happen. But there were a lot of times where they wanted to get him the ball, and they couldn't because the Knicks were playing the role so well. So. You got to give them some credit there, but I mean, it, it it is very frustrating when when you're not able okay. to throw those lobs. Let me interject this though: if that's the case, and they're they're playing the role, then that means things should be open more on the perimeter, correct? Correct. So then, why the fuck is Seth Curry playing 13 minutes? If they're playing the role so hard and keeping you from from getting into the lane, then Seth Curry, your best perimeter shooter, should be playing. More than 13 minutes. He didn't have a field goal attempt. Right. I saw it, and then I saw it. Tim Cato. He tweeted about it, but I saw it too. But, you know, at the, there at the end of the game, uh, Cato tweeted, Luca gave a very confused look at the bench when Carlisle subbed out Seth Curry <laughs> at the end. And, I mean, <laughs> I as well he should I have. was thinking it. Everybody else was thinking it too. So, I mean, <laughs> that – I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why he's not playing more minutes. I, I can't answer that. Here's a stat for you. Here's a stat for you. Tim Hardaway Jr. had more three-point attempts than Seth Curry, Jalen Brunson, and Maxi Kleba combined. He had more three-point attempts than Kristaps Porzingis, and he shot thirty percent. Yeah, it's not great, but I mean. I mean, that's Tim Hardaway, too. I mean, you give him that many shots, that's more than likely what you're going to get. And, 
you know, there was one point that, that really stuck out to me. I think, I believe it was in the third quarter. The Mavs had gone down by 11, and uh, it was right before they made it close again heading into the fourth. But uh, they came out of that timeout down 11, and you'd think that, you know, maybe you you, you put Seth in here to get a, a you know, offensive spark or something. But they come out of the timeout, and they run a set play for, for Tim Hardaway Jr., and it's a you know a clank three from the top of the key and uh, at that point you're just thinking like okay it's just not gonna happen tonight and sure enough I mean that that's what ended up being the case but <laughs> I, I remember I was texting you towards the end and I was like and you know you know how op- all of you guys listening and including Matt especially Matt y'all all know how optimistic I am about the Mavs and you know, I I usually don't waver on my hope very often, but <laughs> late in that game, at, at at a certain point, I think uh, Frank Natilakina hit a three, and there was still like three minutes thirty seconds left. And <laughs> Matt, I sent sent you a message. And I was like, I, I I hate to be this guy, but it's over. I mean, you just you just got the feel that they just didn't have it tonight. And, uh, again, we're just we're kind of working through our feelings here. We're, we're in our feelings, but uh, it, that's, that's what happens when you have such a disheartening loss like this. And uh, the Mavs, they drop to 5-3, and three, and they get right back at it tomorrow night. I guess that's the only good thing about this. We don't have long to think about it, Matt. <laughs> they get right. Well, yeah, but, but, like, I mean, who's to say that, you know, they're not going to lose back to back because they just lost to the Knicks. Well, I mean, and and so. that and that might happen, but you know, if they come out tomorrow, and uh, I said this too before we got on here, that that's another, I guess, if you want to point out a positive, the Grizzlies play tonight too. Uh, so both teams are playing coming off of a back to back. I don't think that happens very often. Uh, so that that's one thing going for them. If they come out tomorrow night and they get a win. We don't remember this very often, and then we'll start looking forward to that uh, that next game. Well, I don't think KP's going to play tomorrow night, and he might not. You? He might he might not. I mean, uh, they they said they were going to do some load management stuff. Uh, I don't expect him to play tomorrow night, but you know, I, I still think the team can can do enough against a Grizzly team to get a win. And I mean, maybe. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, you know, saying that, but I think it's possible, and if they do, you know, we won't be near as down in the dumps as we are right now. But uh, now we look forward, or after that game, we'll look forward to the, you know, KP's return to Madison Square Garden next week on Thursday night. And, I mean, given what we saw tonight – I mean, if if the Mavs are playing, if if they play like that against the Knicks at home, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Mavs going to, to New York next week. I guess I feel a little bit better because it's like this weird thing where the Mavs are road warriors now. <laughs> they can't lose on the road, but they're just not that great at home. And, I mean, that, that's kind of odd. I, I what are your thoughts on why that is? Um, it's it, I 
<laughs> Actually, I got nothing. It doesn't make sense. They were the, they were one of the worst road teams in the NBA the last two years, and they've been good on the road in the in, in the early goings. This, this season. The Mavs are the only undefeated team on the road in the entire NBA, so they've got that going for them. If KP sits, that's a pretty big blow. But I mean, as bad as the bench played tonight, uh, you know they're they'd, they'd be kind of due for a uh, you know for a bounce back game, and. We'd also probably see a lot more Boban. And, you know, as effective as he is, I don't know that that'd be a bad thing. So, I have a thought on that. If he's not going to play against a team that that puts four big guys right. on the floor at the same time, then when is he going to play? Again, I mean, it. That's just another Rick Carlisle I mean, thing. I was about to say, again, you know, it's another head scratcher because. I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I know that uh, one bright spot we can look at tonight, though, is, you know, Luca just continues to shred people. Uh, his final – Yeah, his, but he had – I don't know. No, no, no buts. I'm, I'm going to say this. He had eight turnovers. He had eight turnovers, and he took a really bad shot at the end of the game. All right, let's try this again. <clears throat> <laughs> Luca is continuing to shred people. He finished with a career high 38 points. He was 50% from the field even though he only hit 3 of 11 from 3. He was 13 of 26 for the field from the field. 14 rebounds, 10 assists in 35 minutes. Again, 38, 14 and 10 on 50% shooting in 35 minutes. And yes, he had eight turnovers. But, I mean, he's not the reason they lost that game, though. He was the obviously the best player on the floor. and Oh, obviously. Yeah. And just, just seeing him put up these kind of – I mean, 35 minutes and he put that up and it really doesn't – he does it so quietly, too. Like, I knew he was getting close to 40 points, but then I, you look and see the, the 14 rebounds and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> especially when the Knicks have all those big guys and uh, the Mavs were out-rebounded by nine rebounds and then Luke is out there going with <laughs> getting 14 of them. So that's really impressive. I mean, he's just – I don't know who can stop him this season. I mean, even if the Mavs – The Knicks. Hey, they didn't stop him, though. They they beat the Mavs, <laughs> but they can't stop Luka. Nobody can. I know. But – it it's what it is is it's it's an indictment on Rick Carlisle. It's an indictment on the rest of the roster they put together. When your two star players are putting up those kinds of numbers, and you're losing to the Knicks, and what was the final score? One hundred six to one. You're putting up one hundred and two points. That's and see, look here, inexcusable. I, I, we we did this so quickly after the game that uh, I haven't had time to you know look at all the the post game quotes and you know what was what Rick Carlisle was asked after the game but you know another thing is like he chose to start Courtney Lee I think for the first time since game two of the season and he only played him for five minutes started him played him five minutes he went one of two. Didn't get any other, you know, stats. He just scored two points, one of two in five minutes, and then he was gone for the rest of the game. So, I mean, what's the point? 
you know? I Hey, you know, we're trying to make the playoffs, but Courtney Lee's starting. I it's it's hard and I mean I don't want I, You have to get off to good starts to win basketball games. I, and they haven't gotten off to good starts. I hate having to be this messing harsh. around with this stuff. I hate having to you know, feel like we're being so harsh on this. But I mean at some point, you have to just you have to ask questions like that because that makes zero sense whatsoever. But it was frustrating. Uh, that's the good thing about an eighty-two game season, though. I mean, you you quickly have a chance to move on from it. But I mean, it, it stings. It stings for sure. But uh, they'll be back at it tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis, and they'll see if they can get up to. Six and three on the season. So, and then uh, Matt, just we're, we're going to close out on this because, like we said, Rick Carlisle, he he always takes responsibility for for these type of losses, and uh, we're still waiting to you know see some some big changes to you know address these these issues. But after the game, uh, Carlisle said that Luke is going to always have the ball in his hands in those situations, and uh, that he trusts, you know, Luca to do what he needs to do in those situations. And then Luca, after the game, he took responsibility too. He said, I made a bad decision. That wasn't the shot I was looking for. And, I mean, from a 20-year-old that just put up that stat line, uh, you know, in that type of game and a disheartening loss, you know, he's just as disappointed as anybody and, I mean, it's good that he, he recognizes that. We've talked about his ability to adapt, you know, during the games when the when his three-point shot isn't falling. Uh, he'll drive to the rim more this year. And I, I think that kind of stuff is going to improve as well over time because he's still a kid and he's still learning. And I think this will be a good learning moment for him going forward. Yeah. Um, the only problem with what Rick said – that I have is, um, man, you're the head coach and it's, it's fine that you trust your star player, but you're the head coach. You need to have some input on what's going on on the floor. And frankly, I know Luke is great. Nobody's been on the Luca train longer than me. Um, I, I think he's phenomenal. I think he's a top 10 player, but at a certain point, you kind of have to remember that he's 20 years old. Oh, yeah. So expect yeah. Ex- expecting him to have the right answer all the time without any sort of direction in, in that kind of situation is foolish. And, I mean, it's still – and like you said, his age. And it, it's crazy to think that he put up those kind of numbers. And, really, they shouldn't have even been in that situation in the first place. They should have had the ball – uh, with a lot more time left, but uh, they gave up an offensive rebound off of R.J. Barrett's two missed free throws with 36 seconds left. That shaved six more seconds off the clock, and then uh, Marcus Morris went to the line and uh, made one of his two, I believe. Uh, yeah, but they still they, had plenty of time. They did, but, I mean, that that was a big moment in the game because then KP fouled out, and, uh, you know, he was playing well, too, on the offensive end, and... It was it was just I don't know it was just one of those things. But like I said, Luca he's so young and to have that kind of you know performance tonight, 
and then he makes one bad mistake at the end, and obviously it's highlighted because it was huge. It could have, you know, they could have tied the game or at least gotten within one and fouled again. But I mean, like I said, he's going to learn from it. There, there's nothing. I don't. There's nothing to worry about with Luca at this point. He has not only met expectations, he's exceeded them, which is unreal because the expectations, at least in my opinion, were already pretty high. Uh, so it's there's a lot to look forward to. The Mavs are gonna hopefully continue to build uh, the right roster around him going forward. Uh, and we've talked about it before the the whole Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. Uh, Courtney Lee, that was the tax for, you know, getting Porzingis in that trade. It's not always going to be like this. So uh, it's going to be frustrating at times. But, I mean, again, we're two games over 500. There's a chance to, you know, get back on track tomorrow night in Memphis. And then we'll go from there. But, guys, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us. Uh, Hope we can, you know, get back on track and, get some more more positive vibes with a Mavs win you know hopefully tomorrow so be sure to like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms be sure to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there if you do subscribe there it automatically enters you to win two tickets to the Mavs game of your choice Uh, the sooner we get to 1,000 subscribers there the sooner we will pick a winner for that so be sure to do that. Guys, we appreciate it. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Y'all have a good one. Uh, a lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.